I'm not the kind to kiss and tell But I've been seen with fair up I've never been with anything less than a nine So fine I've been on fire with Sally Field Gone fast with a girl named Bo You can't do the intro until the song's over (laughs) (laughs) What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show Brought to you by Broadway Power Sports in Tyler, Texas MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, and PMP Sprockets. I'm your host, Mark Poole. With me in studio, I've got the uh, the crew here, so to speak. I've got our awesome, faithful producer, TJ Smith. What's up, TJ? What's up, man? Just about there working on the track. More. I can't. The kid's not even here riding. I'm out there working you're on. You're still it. working on it. You're not even riding. I don't got right a now. beautiful '96 CR250 out there, and you're worried about what color the clutch cover is. No, that was just a joke. I yeah. really just haven't had a chance to ride. I've been working on bikes. So. Yeah. Well, guys, third on the list, number one in our hearts, Jamie Darkside Guido. What's up, Jamie? What's up, guys? The world famous dark side. I say that every week, and then people are start, going to start believing. He, it. he missed us last week because he had an appearance somewhere to sign autographs. Well, I sold out ki- Cowboy for some Stadium. kids. When you yeah. say that, you say, "Oh, we're just picking on you," but I don't think anybody's ever turned around to me going and recognized my voice and be like, "I know you from somewhere." Yeah. Not only that, know my name. They did that to you this weekend yeah. at the track. Yeah, they they don't have, do that that to did me. happen at Swan this weekend. Yeah. Some no. uh, some pulp fans. Yeah, from Alabama, we're here for the Loretta Lynn qualifiers, and I was out selling goggles. And some kids like, "Are you Darkside?" Asked how he knew, and he said, uh, I, "I know your voice." And then, Jamie turns around with a smirk. Well, yeah, duh. I said, "Yeah, please stand duh. at least fifteen feet back." Yeah, <laughs> don't get too close. You got to talk. You got to talk to Jamie's publicist before you can get an autograph. Autographs were at two o'clock, and you missed it. Definitely, oh. definitely, <laughs> guys. Vegas freaking Supercross. What's up? That was the best race I think Dude. I've ever seen. That two fifty race is awesome. Both races are pretty good. They I mean, were yeah. unreal. They unreal. Were. Zach Osborne put well, Savachi in the cheap seats to get the title. I mean, how I mean, at the beginning of the race when he was off the start went down, I was like, "It's done for Zach." Yep. Yeah. Well, Ralph Shaheen even said it's done for Zach. Well, basically, Doc had Doc had watched the races before me because I was at Village announcing a race, and this is the next day I'm watching it, and we're getting to the end there, and I'm like. And I really thought AC was going to pull it off. I really did for a little bit. And yeah. then I looked at Doc. I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if Osborne came back? And he had already seen it. And I didn't know. Wouldn't it be crazy oh, if Osborne had no, had no, no ideas? Mm-hmm. What if he came awesome. back and, and won the, the championship? And um, Doc and, and Doc said when, I, when he said that, it was everything he could do not to say anything. Because about two seconds later, Osborne <laughs> yeah. just railed it off. Yeah. When they went into that first set of whoops into that corner, I was like, Osborne's catching him. He's going to yeah. get him. I just him. didn't think it was going to be enough. And sure enough, he, he when he pulled that in, when he, you see him start veering to the inside, I'm like, he's fixing to punt Savachi. And I'll be danged if he didn't do it. I like, just, I seriously thought it was going to be just another run him high. They bat a little bit. Savachi gets it. And that's great. He made sure homeboy wasn't getting back up. Yeah, it was all <laughs> you know over the place. I, mean? I know, like you, when the thing, when an Osborne first went down, I told Amber, I said, it's over. There goes his championship. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, who I was pulling for. And I kind of wasn't even thinking about AC. I said, Sabachi's deal. And then, you know, and then he made a mistake in, uh, uh, what's the, 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 uh, the, Smith. Yeah. Jordan Smith. Jordan. Yeah. He, he, he was doing good. And I was like, Oh my God, he's going to win the championship. Yeah. And then and he, then he crashed. I was like, Oh my God, AC's going to win the championship. Everybody seemed really surprised about Jordan throwing it away like that. But to me, I mean, he's kind of had a history of that his whole career of just that like, situation. Though it's still pretty, yeah, pretty I mean, surprising. That, that's a tough yeah. one to take as well as he's ridden all year because he hasn't ridden like that right, right where he's right. been throwing it away. And you know, I mean, 
in the heat of the moment, maybe he got excited realizing that Osborne wasn't up there and like, oh crap, you know, and he was, I think he was ahead of Sabachi at this point. Too, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know how that goes. I, well, I had heard that there was a kicker there and a couple of the 450 guys almost ate it too at the same spot. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, uh, I tell you what, I would have been just as pumped if AC won it. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'm yeah, pumped for, sure. for Zach. That's absolutely. awesome for him. I think I would have yeah. been excited for any of them winning it. Like, all the guys seem to be good guys. I mean, it'd been cool for Mitch to put another one on the board, mm-hmm. you know. and Definitely. Yeah. So. What, what, what makes it cool about Zach winning is that we were, we didn't see it coming. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't – Savachi just didn't milk his situation enough to win. And it, it made it exciting for right. us fans, and uh, I, I'm thankful that it went that way. And then the 450 main cheese. Yeah. That was cool. I saw it as a racer, though. Like, when Tomac started doing that with uh, with Dungey, I'm like, he's trying to set a trap for him. And I was in a group text, and they were all like, oh, Dungey's catching him, Dungey's catching him. And I saw it. I'm like, how do you got – both guys I was texting race. How do you all not see that? Yeah, I knew what he was doing. How yeah. did anybody – at all, look at that and think, oh, all four of those guys are just keeping up with him, no <laughs> right, problem. Right, I mean, right, right. Yeah, how did you not, how did, yeah. you know, and they talked about this on the Pulp Show, how did Ralph and Jeff not mention that? You know Emig saw it. Emig was, Emig was as good at that as anybody ever was, well, you know. What's better for the fans that, that don't know Supercross to say, and maybe some of the fail guys who are there, you want them to think it's like this all the time. Yeah. No, I agree, but, I mean, I just, like, how do you not throw that out there as a commentator just just because that's what right. you're supposed to do? But I agree. The way it worked out, though, it made it really exciting. And uh, congrats, Ryan Dungey. He's the four-time champ now, and deservingly so. What a great year. The, the adversity he overcame, getting caught, you know, 28 points ahead of Tomac, losing all those points, and then, you know, getting it back in New York or wherever they right. were and then holding holding it out this weekend. Well, they were talking it almost about, didn't happen that way. They were talking about, like, the biggest points deficit to overcome, blah, 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 whatever. I wonder if that's the biggest points deficit to overcome to be leading and, and then not it. win the championship. <laughs> Probably uh, so. I would guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. That, you know, and I think there's uh, pros and cons of people talking about the chase possibly coming, and I think with the chase, that's the pro. That's going to happen almost every year. We're going to need that as a sport if we want to grow. We have to have yeah. that. For, for, for the betterment of everything, bike sales, so on and so forth – just and from a fan standpoint, sponsor dollars, we got to have the chase has got to happen, period. I mean, I'm not, it kind of sucks, but it's it's good for, for racing, you know? So you saw what happened in Arena Cross this year. Had they not had it, Jay Sullen would have destroyed everybody. Yeah, and in that situation, it's, it worked the other way for me because I wanted Jace to win because yeah, he's too. an X brand guy, you know, yeah. and, and he's on a Honda. So I was like, yeah, let's go, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was kind of bummed he didn't win it, but it still, it made, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of Arena Crosses this year. Um, I but I would. It seemed like it was a very tight mm-hmm. race, also at the end. So once again, that's a good series because yeah. it comes down to Vegas to mm-hmm. the finals, which it should. Yep, yep. The thing with Arena Cross is I, I try to watch it, but I'm focused on Supercross during Supercross. If they still had it starting in November, I'd be all over Arena Cross. Yeah, know? I've been saying that for years. I really have. Like why? I I, I remember it being that way. Mm-hmm. And yep. and like like they say like they've been saying you'll have guys come in that. These privateer guys will race all through the Arena Cross series to get ready for Supercross, make a little bit of money. It would make it better all in all. But then you're going to have people say, well, no one gets a break and no one gets, you know, so. I mean, the Arena Cross guys do get a break, though, because most of them don't race outdoors. So, like, if guys are just dedicated to that series, I see no issue. But yeah. I, I see where you're right. That will happen 100%. But yeah. guys, we got an awesome show lined up tonight. We're going to have the owner of X Brand Goggles, Mr. Rich Taylor, on. 
following him would be Chris Cooksey of Western Power Sports and Fly Racing. And then we're going to talk to Miss April Johnson from Johnsonville MX Farm to discuss uh, the Moto Master Series they have going and uh, and yeah. see, see what's going on with that. So yep. uh, a good full show today. It'd be a good one for sure. I'm really looking forward to it. Guys, again, big shout out. Broadway Power Sports, MX Girl Design, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets. Visit these guys. Tell them Moto X Pod sent you, and uh, we can keep doing this show. All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest. He is the owner of X-Brand Goggles. He's a former pro racer, test rider, stuntman, Mr. Rich Taylor. Rich, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just a long day and just talking to you guys, loving it. That's good stuff. Hey, before we get started, how's your son doing? Zach's doing, uh, he's he's getting better. You know, the bones are healing. Um, He's got some, some pretty gnarly nerve pain that's, causing his left leg to just not really work right now um and just a lot of pain but you know the good the good part about it is all the bones are definitely definitely healing and you know just trying to keep him positive and and keep plugging away yeah it's it's it was gnarly really gnarly but yeah. Things are going the right direction. So good, good. Did anything come of that with yeah, I mean, I kind of read your description of the turn and the drop off at that track. Did they apologize? Have they changed anything? Is that something that's been that way for years? No. Um, it's been there for a few months. Um, and it's still exactly the same. They actually had a race out there this weekend and a bunch of my buddies took photos of it and they actually pro almost protested the race. It was a trans world race and they, uh, they got up at the riders meeting. They're like, Hey, we're not racing. If that that's the same. And basically this track is, they're just, uh, I don't know, whatever. I don't want to say too much, but they're just, they're not, they're not cool. They basically just said, if you you guys aren't good enough to ride the track then go home. So Uh, that's sad. That's That's kind of their, that's their mentality. You know, the crazy thing is, is I've, you know, I raced professionally for many years and I've raced all over the world. I've ridden tracks like everywhere in the world that you could imagine. I've probably ridden. Yeah. And this particular section is just such a, such a joke. Just, such a joke i don't know why anybody would you know it was a downhill into a hairpin left-hand turn and the back of the turn is basically a 30 foot straight drop so if you go over the berm you're going to go up because the berm is like a ramp of course and then you go you know it's basically like zach dropped off a three-story building straight to flat ground you know just right i mean you could even if you didn't have a a rider fit mistake you could have a brake failure anything could send you over that that's yeah that's terrible yeah, no, I mean, you know, he he just she was last lap and he was going to charge inside and try to kind of stuff the kid who was ahead of him and he, he hit a bump and it it got the front end up right or the rear end up a little bit so he didn't really have much break and when it came down he's like oh man I'm going to miss the turn so I'm just going to kind of jump off it because it's really hard to tell what's on the other side this particular area is on the back of the track and it's just you, you need to really see what's going on and see how it looks before you can really understand what it's all about. And he just popped off it and then was like, oh, no, and just <laughs> threw the bike, kind of jumped off the back and just basically free fell. Right. And, you know, probably, Poor 30, kid. probably like closer to 38 feet or so by the Jeez. time he went up. So, yeah, he ended up busting both legs, both ankles, um, his pelvis, his sacrum both arms some ribs 
couple vertebrae in his back. Like wow. he got, he, yeah, it was the real That's deal. That's terrible. The, real deal. The, the fact that the track, that right there, the track shouldn't even have that opinion of well, if you're good enough, they shouldn't want the the liability of some kid. Well, I'll tell you this, they won't stay open long with that mentality. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, and you know, my whole thing is like, my kid didn't crash on the triple he didn't hit a whoop and and wad himself up he you know he didn't swap coming out of the corner and crash really hard he he basically didn't crash his motorcycle he just went over the berm and jumped off the motorcycle because he was like holy crap i'm 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 falling a long ways you know it wasn't really a motorcycle crash and right. it just drives me crazy because you know we've, we've been we're at ucla and all over to all these doctors all over the place and i've you know, of course, every doctor's like, well, what did he do? And they're like, oh, God, here we go. Right. <laughs> Motorcycle crash, and then they all roll their eyes. Yep. You're like, but what? <laughs> you know, and I want to sit there and say, you guys are dorks. It wasn't a motocross crash. He had an accident. It just it just kills me. Like, I'm just so sick of telling the story. And, right, right. Uh, well, we'll, let, we'll let you get off of it. I can understand no. uh, that, being, <laughs> no, that no, being no. a bother, you know. How about little RT? How's he, is he getting to ride much? Or I asked, I'd asked you if you were going to come yeah, back to you the... Know, Go ahead. He actually just had ACL surgery on his knee. So I oh. got two of them that are laid up. They're actually both laid <laughs> They're at physical therapy, both of them right now. As oh, a matter wow. of fact. But he's, you know, Richard's gnarly. He's, yeah. You know, he's, he's doing really well. He's got a Suzuki amateur support ride and, and he's, he's, he hauls butt, you know, the kid's in gnarly shape and he's just super fast. So he'll come back strong as ever. He should be at monster cup this year. And oh, we'll cool. see what happens. Right on. Yeah. Well, let, let's get yeah. to some, uh, RT stuff. Um, so, you know, we, I guess your, your first full year as a pro was in, in nationals was 88 and, uh, you, you yeah. raced for a lot of years, went through a lot of really cool history with the sport. You seem too young to me to have started racing <laughs> pro in 88, Rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I've seen, I've seen tracks change, promoters change, um, you know, the way they run races change. I've, yeah. I've seen a lot. Yeah, definitely. Contingency change, all kinds of stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you missed out on uh, some of the, the good paying years, I guess, that we've had lately. Because, I mean, you had some you good know, rides. It's, it's funny because whenever I talk about when I raced, it's like I kind of I kind of missed it because right before I turned pro is when the factories used to have, like, you know, Yamaha had, like, seven or eight guys on the factory team and uh you know contingency honda would pay just a ton of money in contingency and bikes were so easy to get back then you could get you know honda would give privateers you know six motorcycles and tons of contingency and and then when i started that kind of was all ending contingency was still okay but you know it wasn't the, the factory teams were you know most of them only had three or four riders and I kind of went through my whole career. And then when I sort of ended is when all those satellite teams came into play. So right. like all these guys that were like not even qualifying for main events had, you know, 125 <laughs> satellite rides with, you know, Plano Honda or, Sha- you know, there was just a ton of them back in the day, Chaparral and, and, you know, Yamaha Troy back then. There was just Honda Troy. There was just so many of them. Yeah. Just little teams that they, and they were paying the riders like really good salaries. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I just ended and now these <laughs> kids are taking this money and what happened to me? Like I was just writing like the wrong period of, 
of, of racing. It was kind of funny, but I did all right. I, I had my little, I did okay. I'm not right, right. I was about yeah. to say, you, you, you still had a, you had your testing gig along with that, correct? You tested and raced professional at the same time? Yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of worked it so that, you know, I could make money. It was, like I said, like the, the teams had shrunk and the contingencies had shrunk. So, you know, I was destined to be a, a motocross racer and, and I wasn't winning nationals, so I wasn't making the big bucks. So I kind of positioned myself where I, I started working with a magazine, Dirt Rider magazine. I was doing all the testing for them. So I had gear companies at the time were paying me, you know, as much, if not more than some of the factory guys, because I was in the magazine every month. And then I started working with, with Honda, um, doing all their durability testing and, and Roger DeCoster was there at the time. And he actually had me come in and do some race team testing one time. And he liked, you know, kind of the way I approached it. So they ended up hiring me full time as a, as, as the R and D tester. So I was doing all the race team and new bike testing. Um, so it kind of, you know, it, it, it gave me a salary and plus they were paying my expenses to the races. Um, That's awesome. and then I was getting bikes and parts and everything through them. So it was actually a really good deal. And it just, you know, it kept me, kept me racing for a living. Right. Yeah. Um, the 86 Honda, that's as I have heard, cause I didn't really race then, but that was probably one of the best, one of the best bikes in the last probably 30 years of that time period yeah. for sure. Right. Yeah, well, 86 was 86 was a little bit before me. I didn't start until I started with Honda like uh 89. Oh, okay. I started okay. Doing so, um, you know, the all through the 90s, the, you know, the 93 through 96 bike, that was all, you know, stuff that I, I had done a ton of testing on and, you know, like the 93 bike was known as like their their breakout year. That was the bike McGrath raced for, yeah. you know, he facing that bike for like three years so i'm gonna give you credit for my first ever motocross win then because i bought i was in high school in 93 a senior and i i bought my very first bike with my own money and that that was the 93 cr 250 and then i won like my third race out on it up to that point i'd pretty much either crashed out or got like some some thirds mainly but yeah that (laughs) bike was awesome yeah, that was that was a good bike motor. The whole package was so good, so good. Yep, yep. How yep. funny! I had yeah. a uh, I had a '96 CR250 recently. Our producer sitting here actually has it now. And riding that thing the first time, I was like, I had because I during during that time period, I was still young, too too little to ride big bikes. But riding it here recently, it's good even on modern standards. I mean, that thing turned well. The motor was awesome in it. It, uh, it was it was a great motorcycle. You know, it's funny, the 96 was actually my favorite out of all those years. You know, even though McGrath and those guys raced the 93 for a while, I liked the 96 a little bit better. Um, it had just slightly different geometry, and the frame was actually a little bit more rigid than the 93. Wow. And I just liked I thought it worked good, and the motor's just, I mean, that motor, you can't, you couldn't be, to this day, that, that motor would be competitive, you know, against the other 252 strokes, it's, for sure. Especially for when sure. you put a Boswell carburetor on it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do a couple of the little tricks that I had, and yeah, it for sure would whole shot. 
Well, yeah. I, this is TJ, the producer. Yeah, when I rode that bike here at my track at the house for the first time, and Mark's like, "Hey, ride this bike." Is you know, it's a vintage bike. I'd never ridden that. I was, I'm on, I was on a, a fuel injected three, you know, the, the KTM 350, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do some laps on it." I had ridden two strokes a little bit before, and I got on it, and I'm like, I pull off after two, three laps, and I'm like, "This thing is good. This thing is." It's real good. It, yeah, it, it will be. It, I'm not I, even sure why I let it go. To be honest, well, with you. I, I, it's, I'm glad it's sitting in my garage because I can't wait to go out there and school some of these guys on this old bike. Because I mean, it's literally like it kind of opened my eyes at just how good of a time we are in motocross right now. When you can take a bike that is, I mean, maybe not the, all the ones that old, but bikes that are 15, you know, or more years old and be competitive. I mean, you should see the old stuff that... Um, on the local level. Yeah, on the local level, yeah. I mean. But yeah, you should see the old uh, the old bikes that Jamie has. I mean, carbureted old Honda 450. I mean, yeah. and you can yeah. be competitive. <laughs> yeah. I've been, riding, I've been riding 06 up until about two months ago. I got a 15 CRF 450. Oh, nice. So, yeah, nice. I've been yeah. enjoying it. Um, those bikes are good, man. Those are like those old Hondas. If you put good brakes on them and, and some, you know, some updated forks, that thing's, I'm telling you, that motor is competitive. Those things are good. Really good. I love yeah. my 06. I mean, I've been well, obviously riding that bike since 06. And, yeah. and, you know, we're, we're slow. All three of us here are slower amateur riders. We'd be like novice, intermediate, somewhere in that area. So, like Kiefer, I, I emailed Kiefer. So what's the first thing I need to, need to do to this 15? And I'm sure you know what his answer was. Get rid of the air forks. But <laughs> I've got a 13 Honda too at the air forks, and I just really don't like them that much. I personally yeah. don't notice that much difference because I don't think I'm fast enough to know the difference. You know, I don't put oh, them yeah. through those stages where they are actually where I would notice the difference. I just I haven't yet anyway, so I have no complaints. Yeah, you don't. You kind of don't want to ask me my opinion on uh, Air Force. I, I'm not a big. Well, fan I think you're. I yeah, I think you're in the same boat that Kiefer is, and and that kind of r- brings me to one of my questions: When you're doing testing, how do you relate? Do you, or do you even think about before it goes to into a magazine that the test how how it's going to affect an average like amateur rider? Because you guys are, you know, you notice all these little things like foot pegs being moved or the the different tire. Um, the, the rubber compounds and all that, you know, and somebody like me doesn't notice that at all. Do you even take that into consideration? Um, yeah, well, you, you do, you take, a, you, you, you take a lot of it into consideration, you know, my, my, you know, especially with suspension settings, as far as motors go, um, I've always, my pick for motor is always a, a nice, broad, smooth power band where a lot of the racers like a big hit, lots of bottom, um, just violent kind of power band. Well, even on my race bikes throughout my career, my motors, I always like them super smooth and very easy to ride just because you, you don't get tired and, and it's just a lot easier to, to handle. Obviously, they have to have good power, but you know, being smooth is so much more important to me. So as far as motors go, my, my pick or my choice for a motor is pretty much what any pretty much anybody who buys a bike would like from the slowest beginner to, to even a top pro, a top pro might want a little more of a hit, but they can figure out how to get it. So right. we're always thinking about that. Now suspension is a whole different animal, you know, suspension is so personal. I was always, um, 
you know, I, I was able to work for Honda forever and then for Suzuki forever because, you know, I weighed 165 to 170 pounds. I'm five foot 10. Like I'm kind of a average type size of a guy. Obviously I'm, I'm a little bit faster than the average guy, but you take it all into account. You come up with kind of your setting and then you, you back it down just a little bit. So, um, you know, my full blown race setting, you probably wouldn't like it would be too, you know, my forks, I guarantee it'd be too stiff. The shock you would like, because you need a bike that accelerates, that gets good traction. Um, you know, I don't mind it bottoming out a little bit. Um, it's yeah, just, I mean, it's gotta get good traction. It's gotta be stable. So, you know, they, they take it into account and we do when we do settings. Um, but at the end of the day, a good race setting for even a good pro is probably a pretty good setting for most of the people out there. Um, with the exception of it being possibly a little bit stiff in the forks, but overall it's usually a pretty good setting. So, you know, it's, you you take it into account, but it's all kind of relative, but you know, at the end of the day, if you've got a guy who's 200 pounds, no matter what his speed is, a stock setting is usually going to be too soft for him. Um, right. And vice versa. I, I can attest 120 to that. 20 pounds. You know, they, 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 they kind of shoot for, you know, on a 250 especially, or a 450 nowadays, I should say. I'm dating myself here. But um, they, uh, you know, they shoot for a guy who's around in between 160 and 175 pounds is kind of what they're shooting for as far as the setting goes and spring rates and everything else. So... They, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all taken into account. It cracks me up and Kiefer will tell you the same thing when, you know, you you go buy a stock motorcycle and then you see these guys who will go and buy it and then immediately put a pipe on it and immediately send the suspension out to get fixed. Mm -hmm. It's, it's such, especially nowadays, it's such a waste because if you knew how many pipes, like I'm doing, I got called in again this year to do Suzuki testing because um, they're, they're coming out with a new bike, a 450 next year and, and they needed some testers. So they actually brought me in for about a month to do it all. Sweet. And we literally tested probably 15 to 20 different pipe combinations that they came up with. So now they do have to, they have to adhere to a sound, um, uh, like the, the thing's got to be so so loud. It's, it's a little bit more quiet than maybe an aftermarket pipe, which right. is going to take a little bit of power away. But we came up with the best one, and I guarantee none of these pipe manufacturers can make a pipe any better than the one we made that'll still pass the sound check. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So for somebody to go out and buy a pipe right away, that's <laughs> just foolish. Like, it's crazy. We do so much testing and come up with such a good setting that it's just kind of crazy to just throw your money away like that, you know? Well, I'll tell you, 95% of the population can't take a stock 450 and ride it to its full capability anyways. So I don't, th- I mean, am I correct on that? Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, the top riders, most of them can't <laughs> ride it with full potential, you know what I mean? Right. right, they're looking, they're probably looking for a lot more hit off the bottom, especially in Supercross. But I put, you know, I, and I sold Jamie this this slip-on for his bike, so I feel bad saying this, but I actually, after riding it, I got an FMF slip-on for my Honda, and after riding it, I liked it better with the stock stuff on it because it just, I, just the power delivery is really smooth, and that's really all, I, if a bike's manageable, if it handles good, the motor's really second 
secondary to me because I feel like if it handles good, you can make up with good traction and good and good stability. But what you also got to remember is the power delivery has a lot to do with how the bike handles as well. And I sure. mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you can you can you can go buy an FMF pipe or a Yosh or a PC or whatever it may be, and you may get one that you really really like. It really suits your riding style and and. You know, so I'm not trying to say, oh, aftermarket pipes suck. It's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is you're kind of crazy to just go buy something like that without at least riding your bike and seeing what you like, what you don't like, and then yeah. maybe making a decision then. Well, we know? need to be uh, clarify. He said he sold me the FMF slip-on. We traded for a pair of X-Brand goggles, actually. Ah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, well, that's how much I yeah. thought about the pipe, you know. I, did, I just like, it's that. It, it, yeah. I don't need this, so goggles are a good trade. Um, so <laughs> You got away, but you know, yeah. There yeah. you go, yeah. I feel so, good about it. <laughs> is there anything you can tell us about the 18 RMZ without being in trouble? <laughs> Nobody yeah, listens I mean, to this show, anyways. It's it's <laughs> it's been uh, it's been pretty much all over the internet. It's it's got a new chassis, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, new swing arm, pretty much you know a whole new geometry to it. Um, it's going to have spring forks, which is just the awesome. greatest thing that could have ever done. So, <laughs> is it going to be light? Well, is it going to be, be lighter? It is lighter. Yep. That's yep, awesome. it is lighter. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly how much lighter, but that was a big, big point that they were trying to go after. So, well, my question yeah. is, does it still have that original Suzuki feel to it? The, that, turn, the real good turning capability. I mean, they, they didn't get away from. They didn't lose that trying to search something else, did they? No, no, no. Oh, we good. wouldn't let them do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm patiently. That, and, you know, I did all the testing from from when they very first had four strokes and and turning is to me it's it's way it's much easier to make a bike stable than it is to get a bike to turn well so you know you, you always make it turn good and then if it's if it, and plus bikes they've got the the chassis figured out so good now with rigidity and that most of them are stable i mean when was the last time you got on a bike and just got like violent head shake like right. you used to get back in the day like i can remember just going lock to lock head shake going down a straightaway on a motocross track like crapping my pants yeah exactly like uh you know i mean stability nowadays is is so good on bikes they just they they've got it figured out so if you can get a big you know big four stroke 450 to turn good you're way ahead of the game you know that's kind of my feeling well i'm patiently patiently waiting for that thing to drop because that is the bike i would really love to have because i had an 08 rmz 450 and um loved it you know even with all the, the the you know the whatever issues it had it was still amazing and uh a little on the slow side but I, like i said that doesn't really matter to me i'm not that fast <laughs> right but you just can't beat how suzuki's turned i've got an 03 rm 125 in my garage i play with too and dude you can't miss it turns so good i, I really miss the suzuki's yeah it's a fun bike too really fun bike yep yep all right, so I don't want to take too much of your time, but we've got a couple more topics we'd like to get with uh, um, you about. You know, most of your years testing, if I'm not mistaken, you were testing a bike that McGrath was racing. Is that right? I mean, the Honda and the Suzuki? Yeah, um, not so much the Suzuki. McGrath was there just, uh, you know, the one year in 97. Um, and I actually switched. I, I 
quit Honda in 97 and went to Suzuki um, right at the end of the Supercross season. So I didn't really do any of the testing on his bike. Um, I did ride it a couple times, but I never really did much testing on it. But, yeah, during, during the Honda days, I did a lot, you know, all through pretty much the whole time he was on a 250 at, at Honda. I was doing a lot of testing for him for sure. Well, yeah. I, I've heard you say that that Suzuki was super, super slow. Did he voice that also? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that thing was a turtle, dude. It was, <laughs> it, yeah, it was sad. It was, you know what's amazing? Just, I mean, nobody else really will know this ever. <laughs> Cause, yeah, but to know how good Jeremy did on that bike would just blow your mind if you actually rode it. Like right. it was so freaking slow. He, he, it was just, uh, it was like riding a 175 in the 250 class. Like, wow. you know, it was better than a 125, but but not much, not even close. Like Emig's bike that year just killed it, killed it. Yeah. What's amazing. Yeah. Jeremy won two races and almost still won the title on that thing. I think that's a testament to how good he really was. Of course, we all know how how amazing Jeremy was, but to do it on a bike that slow, that's pretty good. Yeah, and you know, like yeah, I think it's Charlotte or one of those races. You got a flat tire, and yeah, you know, if he hadn't got that flat, he would have won the championship. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So he was, you know, he was on another level. He was, uh, you know, he was Jeremy. He was he was just on another level when it came to Supercross. You know. Um, well, I've got one more testing question, and this comes from Chris Kiefer. Uh, I'm going to read you his text verbatim. It says, ask him if he has e- had anyone in R&D fuck with him. For example, act like they changed something but never did anything to test him. Uh, see if he was really good at his job, because that shit happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? they? Um, we went out uh, my second year when I was at Honda. They took me out for two days. Um, and basically told me we're going to do, we're basically just want you to tell us what you feel. And they, uh, they would like pretend like they turned a clicker and then wouldn't turn it. Um, or they, you know, or they would just turn one clicker, just weird little stuff like that. And I pretty much, when you test a bunch and, and you're on it and you've been riding a lot, you can tell just the craziest littlest things. And, at that time, I had been doing just so much riding and testing, and, and we were at this track called Hondaland. It was in Simi yep. Valley, and it was it was an old yeah it was an old Supercross track, and then it had a couple outdoor tracks. And I had I'd been riding out there a ton, so I just I just was on it, and uh, I pretty much nailed everything. And then the stuff that I couldn't feel, I just told them, I'm like, man, I, I don't I don't feel anything, you know, and and that's basically how I got kind of got the full-time job I was in um you know now there was there's been other days when I've showed up and just been out of it and they could turn they could put a, a truck spring on the bike and I wouldn't have felt it just because that you know it's just kind of depends on the day and how <laughs> right. you're feeling but I still when you're in the you're in the middle of it and you're really you know thinking about it and especially the older I get and, and I'm just you know I'm just so focused on on doing you know on on making changes you can feel the littlest things i mean a millimeter different thickness in the head stay on a on a bike and and i've been able to feel it you know and that's beyond beyond impressive to me yeah that's super impressive for sure sure well rich i tell you man but you know 
I mean, it's imp- it, it sounds impressive, but when you do it, it just kind of comes. It's not like, you know, you, it's just something that I've learned over the years just to think about and what bumps to hit. You hit the exact same line every time, um, and you think. You don't worry about how fast you're going. You know, that's the other thing. A lot of times, you know, I, I can remember one time in – I want to say 92, I think, um, Honda had a brand new 250 that brought over that one of them and the chassis and the, and the body work and everything on it was different. 91 or 92. I can't remember. And we went to this track out in, uh, <clears throat> we were in Yucca Valley, which is out in the desert here yep. in California. Cause it had been raining in Southern California back when it actually rained actually it rained this year but hadn't rained for like a hundred years here but <laughs> so it had been raining so they took us out there and it was just this gnarly sand track that the coster knew of and roger was there and there was um they had some of the japanese guys there from the race team and they were on their works bikes and of course you know i'm not gonna let some japanese dude from, you know <laughs> come over and beat me so and i'm supposed to be testing but all i wanted to do was just wax these guys and I, I remember just not even knowing what the bike was doing. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up like oh. 10 minutes later because I just wadded my ass up trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to have the fast lap time. But you trying know, to win practice. Another... Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, before we let you go, uh, we want to talk about X brand, obviously, the best goggles in the business. I agree with that. The, um, the foam, dude. That foam is amazing. Yeah. I actually have a, I can tell you, you I can tell you a story about that here in a minute about this weekend but um you know we we kind of know the history of it and how it came about we've heard you talk with uh, Mathis on pole um how do you where do you want to go with this in the future what do you see where do you see X brand 5 years from now 10 years from now well we just need to keep uh keep climbing the ladder you know you you got the 100% guys who just have so much money um, it just frustrates the crud out of me because they, you know, they can advertise, they can sponsor everybody, um, you know, and it just, it kind of throws us behind the eight ball right away just because we don't have the funds to do stuff like that. So, um, you know, and then you have Scott that's been around forever and, and, you know, they obviously have a huge budget to do kind of the same thing. Right. Um, you know, my goal is just to keep plugging away. We, you know, we need, we need as many people going into the dealer asking for X brand. There's still a lot of people, believe it or not. It just kills me that just don't, they have no, they've never even heard of us. They, they don't even know what we are, who we are. I mean, I'm talking like dirt bike dealerships in, yeah. all across the country that have never heard of us. And, and we've been around, you know, nine years now. Like it's just, it, it's, it's frustrating as hell. Like we, you know, we advertise, we, we do what we can do. We have, you know, we have Brock Tickle, who's, he's a top factory racer. He's, you know, he's got on the podium this year. Sure. Like he's, he's a kid. Jace Owen almost, almost won the arena cross. Yep, and Jay's just, just you know, he was ripping. We, you know, we've got some top off-road guys, Josh Strang, and we we just, I just, I I don't know, you know, we just need to keep plugging away and getting the word out there that, that we're here. And, you know, our product is, is you know, of course, I'm going to say it's better, but I guarantee you it's as good as anything on the market, and I'll sit there and argue until oh. I'm blue in the face, and I'll, I'll give you reasons why. And we're at a better price point. So, yes. you know, it's just, you know, I, five years from now, I hope we're, we're huge and, and just doing what we're doing, but selling a lot more goggles and we're just a lot more well-known. That's kind of my goal. You know, I, I, 
you know, I'm, I'm, my goal isn't to come out and sell my, my brand or, or sell the, sell the company. My, my goal is just to build this thing, you know, and, right. and make it, we're already one of the top guys. It's just, we're so far from the top and I just want to be a lot closer. I don't know that we can ever reach that pinnacle just because of, of money, but I mean, if, you know, it's like, it's like you guys, you guys have worn the product. You understand what the price points are. If you know anything about the other guys and what their price points are, you're like, well, this is like a no brainer. Exactly. My challenge, my challenge is to teach everybody that, like, how do you do that? Well, in this day and age, you can't just, you can't just run an ad in a magazine because I don't know how many people really are reading the magazines anymore. I, I hope a lot, but it's, it's kind of a gamble. Yeah. You kind of got to pick and choose where do you, where do you get your message out? You know, and, and that's kind of the challenge right now. Well, word sure. of mouth is doing well here. And, you know, I mean, that's what I do. I, even before I started, become, became a vendor, I always pushed your product since I've been wearing it because of your customer service and the quality. And the story I was going to tell you is, you know, I was at our, one of our local tracks this weekend. And, um, I, what I do usually since I started becoming a vendor is I walk from pit to pit, everybody out there. I, I go with a backpack full of goggles and I, I talk to them, you know, and this guy said, man, I just got, uh, these, uh, Scott goggles. I don't know what they were called. They're the ones with the outriggers and the nose guard, the prospect. That was it. The prospect. Oh. And he, I slowly see him, you know, and I took out a pair of my personal EKSs and said, well, check these out. And he looked at them. They look almost identical, you know, and then yeah. I said, now check them out. Check out the phone. He looked at the phone. And he's like, holy shit, these things are way better. They're so much more comfortable. There's more room in the nose. He said, how much are they? I said, well, how much did you pay for yours? And he said, like 150 bucks. I said, well, these retail for about $67 right around there. And he couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, and what you were saying a minute ago, I get a lot of that when I'm going from trailer to trailer, like what is X brand? And I got to go through the whole spiel, you know, Chiz wears them, Tickle wears them, Jace Owens wears them, who you are. And, you know, I mean, it's been going well, but you're right. A hundred percent seems to have a big part of the market around here. Well, they, they, you know, and I, I actually know the guy who owns hundred percent pretty well. You know, he, he owned a company, well, he owned braking, the, the brake company way back in the day when I was racing, he actually sponsored me and, and I've known him forever. We've been friends and he, uh, he's just a really good businessman with a lot of money. So yeah. he's able to come in and, and hire a lot of people. And, and obviously you can't open a magazine or a website or or look at a picture of a, a race without seeing just tons of sponsored athletes and, and everything else. So, right. I mean, he did what he did and, and you know what, they, more power to him. I wish I could have done what he did. Go ahead. Yeah. We just got to figure out our niche and, and keep it going, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's people like you guys that just, you have no idea how much it helps. Like the word of mouth thing, you can't buy that, you know, it's, it's, it's invaluable for sure. It's for like sure. to me, when you see the hundred percent goggles or, or the other companies, you see stickers or whatever. It's like a guy that's walking around with a Thor I mean, or with a uh, Fox hat on. You don't know if he bought that from the mall, you know, but most of all the real riders, all the guys who race, they know what EKS brands are. They know what the X brand logo is. They understand all that. So I think it's just a, it's just getting it out there to the masses, the guys, the weekend warriors that don't, you know, like that. I mean, they're not watching, looking at what, what so-and-so has around their neck, you know, or whatever. So like you said, I, don't, I think word of mouth is what's what our podcast is growing from. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and that stuff. Absolutely. Well, we love your product, Rich. All of us, you know, avidly use it. And um, I tell you, from a former 100% goggle lover, I, I'm sold on X brand. It's all I'm going to wear. And uh, I believe my, you know, of course, my cohort sitting here with me agree the same. And uh, we, we we won't keep you anymore, but we really appreciate your time. And thanks for thanks for sharing all this stuff with us. Cause it was really amazing. No, no, absolutely. No, I, again, I thank you guys, man. I mean, what you're doing is awesome. And, and like I said, it's it helps me so much, so much. So, um, yeah, definitely call me whenever. I want to come on the show a bunch. Okay. Fun. Yeah. We will I, definitely I, take I, you up on that. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't I mean, have said I have, that. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have more stories than I can ever even remember. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, <laughs> Rich. Well, we will be talking to you soon, buddy. Thanks yeah. again. Thanks, man. All right, Jamie, let's talk soon. Thanks. Yes, sir. See ya. All right. Bye. Rich Taylor, ex-brand goggles, stuntman extraordinaire, former pro rider. What an amazing interview that was, guys. Seriously. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break and be back with Chris Cooksey. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey. If you go to pmpsprockets.com and type in Darkside MX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. I was I was broke before I got here, so and I have no money, so there we go. Hey, Facebook slash PMP Sprockets, check them out online, pmpsprockets.com, or call Kim and the crew and tell them Moto X Pod sent you. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. 
From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout out and thank you to uh, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, MX Girl Designs. Coming up next, he is the Southern Nevada, Southern Utah uh, sales rep for Western Power Sports, Mr. Chris Cooksey. Cooksey, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing well. Yourself? You just asked oh, me that. Oh, doing all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know I did. I'm no, how are you doing? <laughs> no, you. So, uh, have you recovered from uh, your Vegas Supercross experience? Dude, that was ridiculous. Mm. I've never seen a race that had so many different storylines. And I mean, in the press box, normally it's kind of kind of subdued. Yeah, everybody lost it. It was ridiculous. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, well, how did how did the uh, the correspondence gig come around with Thumper Talk Supercross correspondent? Well, you know, I've kind of, I've kind of always been interested in that. And then uh, they're one of my dealers, and you know, I graduated from Arizona State with a communications degree. I wanted to write, and I was like, "Hey guys, be terrified. You guys don't have anyone. They have so many people that visit their site, but nobody does that." So I'm like, "Here, how about I do this for you? You tell me what you think." So cool. And they're like, "Go for it." Well, and you got you got a little bit of uh, kind of national story news out of some of your, you know, you were the guy that asked the question that Dungey misinterpreted the meaning of with the, you know, how does it feel to be crowned? I don't remember the exact wording. I like your follow-up this past weekend, yeah. by the way. That was awesome. And his reaction this weekend was fantastic, which I think, I don't know oh. if you noticed, Racer X um, posted that today on their Facebook, and I tagged you in it that whole I did I, I I saw that and I shared it I appreciate that that was pretty cool you know I, I don't think in in Phoenix Dungey he understood exactly what I was asking the question the problem was I wasn't asking him the question I was asking um Reed and Tomac I said hey after Roxon got hurt I mean you guys knew every message board everywhere was sure. season's over yep. it's done and I was asking them if that fired them up and I I honestly I don't know what Reed was talking about. He went <laughs> yeah. on some weird tangent, and I'm like, he did. And you know, the rookie that I am, I passed the mic as soon as I asked the question before I made sure they understood it. And then it, that's when it went sideways. I was trying to correct him and say, no, 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 about the crown. And then Dungey felt offended, and right. then, then he yelled at me. So, <laughs> but I mean, he understood, and I and I he had every right to be mad. I was totally cool with it. I appreciated him showing us the real side and not the off shucks Ryan Dungeon. True. Yeah. I always complain that he doesn't have enough personality and that's, I completely respect his racing and everything's done, but I don't enjoy him as a champion because he's boring to me. Yeah. He's a little bit of a robot sometimes. I think that's just who he is, right? He's oh, just, yeah. he's just a nice guy in general, probably. And it, uh, you know, he doesn't really want to, you know, offend. get too amped up or offend anybody yeah. or cross any lines. I'd say you got in his blood a little bit. That was good. We needed to see that part of him. <laughs> everybody, I think everybody enjoyed that. And because uh, nobody else is going to ask him. Well, Mathis might ask him a question like that, but you're, you know what I mean? It, uh, right. The way Mathis asked it might, might get a different reaction, but the guy, I, I, <laughs> I thought it was fine. I saw nothing wrong. I, I mean, I heard, I read it, didn't misinterpret it or anything. And I guess I could see his point. He's probably getting it. Social media everywhere saying, yeah. "Oh, now it's now that now Dungey's for sure going to win because Rock is not there, and he's probably a little bit." Well, he gets that almost. Well, every, 
Every, go ahead, Chris. And, and, and like he said, you know, he had just gotten beaten down by 22 seconds. He's frustrated. <laughs> it's been a long week. And then some guy comes in there talking about a crown. It pissed him off. And I was just really, really glad that he was real about it. True. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, that was what was I took out of it. But, yeah, it, it, went, it went a little weird, man. I'll tell you what, even when I stood up after the press conference was over, You'd have thought I had the plague the way everybody avoided me. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. wow. So it's pretty cool, though. You know, in your your quote-unquote rookie season as a Supercross correspondent, you got two really awesome reactions out of Dungey, and you also got a story that got you some heat out of um, Gallagher with the FIM. Tell us about that. Dang, you know, I did not. I honestly, you know, I, I got his number from a friend, and I didn't think he'd do an interview with me with all the, the weird stuff that's gone on this year. But he agreed to, and, you know, I met with him in Utah, and I I literally sat down and brought up all the, the inconsistencies about, and I, you know what, I really had, I had a problem with him doing an interview on TV in Anaheim, and I was critical in my column, and I just, I was critical of him about four times. I was like, listen, I don't think it's fair that I'm critical of you if I don't give you a chance to, to tell him your side. So I sat down with him, and he did, and it shocked me. Like, yeah. It was almost worse than what I wrote. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, how did you feel about it after the interview? I mean, do you, do you feel like, do you feel any different than you did going in? Well, I, I, at first, I, I genuinely, I thought he would be kind of a dick. He's actually a nice guy and he cares about the sport. I just don't think he's good at his job. Um, he, he thinks his job is to change behavior of grown men, which right. I don't think it is. You know, and, and he literally told me that, and I, I just, I, I, you know, and I've had experience as a referee, and believe me, it's not fun. Everybody hates you, and the only time they notice you, you did something wrong. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and you know, the way he did the TV interview before informing Anderson, it was it was brutal, man. I'm like, you've got to make sure the guy knows before you go on TV, and you shouldn't be doing a TV interview probably unless, you know, unless somebody at Feld tells you you have to. Right. So well, I agree with that. Know. My take, what, what I feel is if you, if you are getting people riled up, upset or getting reactions at them, you're doing your job. Perfect. As far as I'm talking about, you, about, about you, you're into things. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you got yeah. Talking. yeah. And that's, that's, you know, and I'm not, and that's the thing is, you know, my wife saw me, she's like, you know, don't be a stick. Don't try and go in there and, and, you know, I just have some, I have some pretty strong opinions there and I'm, I'm not going in there to get a reaction. I'm going in there to get an answer and get what I want to know as a fan and what I think other fans want to know. And that's kind of just the way I've approached it. So. Yeah. yeah I've, I've really enjoyed what I've read of yours on Thumper Talk and uh, I always like your press conference questions. The, the Gallagher interview was, you kind of read it the whole time. He even still kind of comes off as a dick, so I see why you say that. But I felt like he, the way he opened up was really cool because, like you said, who would have thought he actually would have done it to begin with and or gave you some candid answers as he did. And, I mean, you know, it's good to hear other sides of it. I agree. I wanted to hear it because everybody's ready to hang that guy, me included, after some of the, the things he comes up with, you know, the Anderson deal, the yep, inconsistencies yep. basically. And uh, I, but you know, I mean, it's at least good to hear from the guy. I still don't agree with him, but you know, I'm glad to somebody somebody got out there and talked to him. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny too because he pulls the rule book out of his pocket and like slaps it and says, "Have you read this? 
I have the power to do what I need to do. And I'm like, yeah, I read it. And I'll be honest with you. There's just giant loopholes. <laughs> and I, and I, and I mean, I understand he has all the power to do what he does. I just don't think that's the way it should be. I think that the, they should tighten up the rule book. Yeah. They need at least three guys. Get a, where's Kevin Windham when we need him? We need Kevin Windham to like, we need somebody to represent the riders. We need somebody maybe from Feld and then maybe a neutral party. And those three come to a decision, but one person to have all that power. I mean, as human as he is, I mean, he doesn't, he just, he's not totally fair, and these teams are able to manipulate him a little bit, whether he wants to admit it or not. Yeah, so. for sure. They do. They need a guy in there that's non-biased, one hundred percent non-biased. It isn't going to take, you know, not. It's not. He's not going to listen to any of that. That's going to rule on strictly the rules. Be consistent with the rules, and somebody that actually does that job full time. On top of that. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's a whole separate deal. I mean, really, like, as much money is involved in Supercross and we don't have a full-time crew, come on. Right, right. Hey, uh, Chris, this is TJ, the producer. I had a question for you. Are you going to be, like, going to all the outdoor stuff, too? I mean, are you going to continue this with the Tumper Talk through the outdoors? You know what? I'm not really sure how much I'm going to do, just because I really, honestly, I'm focused on my, my day job. And, you know, the last week or two, I've kind of just – you know, this Vegas is kind of taken away from that a little bit, but you know, we are the, like at Western Power Sports with the official sponsor of the Outdoor Nationals. Yeah. So when I go to Glen Helen, I'm more working the VIP, and I, I don't know that I'm necessarily going to be. No, I won't be going to all the nationals. Um, I'll go to a couple and maybe do a few stories, but I'm going to just kind of play it by ear. Any so. any chance we see you in Colorado? You know what, Dark Side already hit me up about that, and I I was not thinking about going, but. You know what? If you guys are going to be there, and then uh, I got another buddy that I went to college with, you know, Dustin, he's going to be up there. So, you know what? Maybe I will. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to meet you in person, bud. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, you know that we we didn't we barely mentioned your day job. You know, you are the uh, sales consultant for the Southern Nevada and Southern Utah areas for WPS and Fly Racing, the best gear out there, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, how'd you come about? How'd you get into that uh, gig? You know what? Uh, when right out of right out of high school, I started working in parts. Worked my way up to parts manager while I was, you know, trying to be a pro racer. <laughs> Didn't quite work out, but I figured out, man, this rep job is the way to go. These guys get to go to these different shops all day long. They're not stuck in one place, and you know, it, it, you know, that's what I decided I wanted to do it. So I went to college, got a degree because I knew if I got a degree with parts experience it would kind of separate me from the pack and it did so i spent you know i spent 10 years working for tucker rocky a texas-based company that i'm yep. sure you guys are familiar with out there oh yeah oh yeah and there was some management management changes and western made room for me and you know they're more you know tucker rocky was going more towards v-twin and i'm a moto guy i mean i you know v-twin stuff pays well but in my heart, it's all about moto, and so I went with Western. And plus, Craig, the owner, is such a badass. I mean, the dude's just cool. He doesn't do it. I mean, obviously, he does it for money, but he just he loves his employees. He takes care of them, and you know, uh, man, I'm lucky to be a part of that that company. And it's awesome. So when you were work when you were working for Tucker, dude, there's a rep out here named Eric. You know what I'm talking about? Eric Neary is Eric. Yeah. Did you ever get the chance to ride with him? Kind of a uh, he's a woods rider. Just I didn't know if you got a chance to ride with him or anything. 
did did he break his leg and was it broken for like a year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never got to ride like you know ride with him, but I knew him. He's a yeah. cool dude. So yeah, okay, yeah. And well, there's a lot of really cool. And I got a lot of friends that work at Tucker Rocky, and you know, it was a good time there. I thought I I thought I'd work there forever, but when they had the management changes, and I got the opportunity, and it just worked out for me. Yeah. So, your description of WPS and Fly is ba- is definitely the reason. Like they were the only company that I sent a resume to for gear this year. After hearing JT on Pope all the time and his his outlook on the business and everything, and then when I call in the customer service, that's that's what sold me on it. And like I told them in my resume, I said if you turn my resume down, I'm still going to wear Fly. So it, I mean, I just yeah, I, I think it's a great company, and I love the fact that I. I'm sort of part of it, part of it in a minor way. Oh no, you're part of a dark side, <laughs> dude. You're out there representing better than darn near anyone, man. That's awesome, and it it's pretty cool. I dig it. So well, I, I definitely pass out a shit ton of stickers. I need more. Um, I called the other day and I <laughs> talked to Amanda. You know, JT sent me these two bundles that have about a hundred stickers in them. Yeah, and I, I gave all those out. So I called Amanda the day and asked her for some stickers, and she said, "Oh yeah, I'll send you a, a bundle." And she sent me like a bag that had like six stickers in it. Well, that's not going to go very far with the little ten-year-old kids that I, you know, that's what I usually do when I see little kids. I, I hand out fly stickers. <laughs> so. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll send her an email too. We can do because I sent her that one last time, and she's like, "Yeah, I already got it. Send it out." Yeah, Dark Side's like the greeter at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did, did she tell Dark you she Dark sent me a banner? Cause she didn't. She said she sent you a bunch of them. No, she didn't give me. I never got any banners. I just kind of dropped it because I didn't know how that went down. Really? Uh, uh-uh, yeah. Oh man, she told me. She told me she sent them out. Okay, I'll, I'll talk to her. She's. You know what? Gosh, she is really busy. That that's the thing. I don't know if you've heard JT talk about the backpacks and you just get more tasks put in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's true. And you know, it, it's work hard, play hard, and that's the motto. And and right. They, they do get stacked up pretty deep back there at headquarters. So. Sure. And I don't want to yeah. be that guy that's like a pain in their butt because I want to make sure my sponsorship goes through next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, but tell you know me what. Go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. I would say, no, you're, you're basically media. We got to get you hooked up, my man. Plus, you're out there every weekend at the track. So yeah, we'll get you hooked up. Cool, cool. So tell me this. Are you guys still doing the sector boot or how's that working out? <laughs> Well, you know, you know, you've heard about our partnership with Alpine Star, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, so we're doing Alpine Star, and I, I do believe that sector boot's a good boot, um, but I think that they want us to focus. And I don't know all this is more more like JT's area, but I believe that it might be going away. But I'm not 100 percent positive, and we're going to focus more on on pushing Alpine Star and making Alpine Star kind of the brand to wear with Black Hair. But yeah. That's something that you'd have to double check with JT on, and well, I'm 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 not positive. I have because I I ordered a pair of the sectors because he pumped them up so much, and you know Seven Deuce Deuce was wearing them, and I and honestly I ha- I've had a couple issues. I had to send a pair back and get them replaced because the sole came and done, and then the second pair we know who makes the boots is why we're saying yeah you know, the I second mean. pair that I got the replacements as soon as I washed them with the pressure washer like the the hardware the buckle started to rust. So I emailed JT and asked if he knew that. And he said, I, you know, I know there's some issues basically. And he just, he kind of hinted that it's probably, there's going to be a change. He didn't, yeah, say, he didn't say it outright, was, but you know, I, I, he, I guess it was, it, 
what is it, TCX or? Yeah, TCX, right. Yeah, he kind of made it sound like we're not going to be doing, or we, or Fly is not going to be doing business with them maybe anymore. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know, but I'm not employed, so. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I'm not sure what, yeah, I'm not sure what, what I'm allowed to say. I just know this. Well, uh, we could probably get you a couple of many stars. So. Well, I'll yeah. say this. I in, have fact, a... I, in fact, I, I had Nick from Alpine Star ride along with me today while I go to my dealers and. Man, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've used have you used Alpine Stars yet, Darkside? I did back in like the nineties. You gotta use the new ones with the new buckles on Dude, them. Dude, I awesome. want some and, and I asked JT about this, but they're not part of my fly I don't get a discount on them. The fly isn't part of my sponsorship. Oh wow! And that's yeah, that's a little outside my. I, I can take care range. of that for him. I can get him a, a great hookup on the boots. We uh, I had I had right. a pair of the sector boots as soon as they came out because I was pumped. I'm like, Fly's got a good boot out now, yeah. and it, they looked really cool. Like I will say, that boot was really good looking. And uh, at the end, I've just got uh, after I, I broke my leg pretty good. I've got hardware in my ankle. I just couldn't make do with the way that the inner booty was and all that. So I went back to the Tech Seven. But man, I really love the way that boot looked. And you could tell. I feel like the boot would have probably held up pretty good. It might, you know, they're all going to get wear and tear. And my my Tech Sevens are falling apart. It's what happens when you ride. But yeah. you know, hey, sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. I was just curious, if you guys were going to keep it up or not. I wasn't sure, you know. I don't think so, but like I said, that's something you'd want to have to. Yeah, yeah. That's a JT. That's a JT department. <laughs> we understand. Well, it's it's not a knock on fly racing. They make the best gear out there and, and the highest quality. And I feel like y'all's price point is is good for us average guys. I mean, it's still expensive to get good good equipment, and that's what you know. I don't want cheap stuff. I want stuff that's going to hold up. But right. you know, y'all's helmet's amazing. That that uh, oh man, that helmet's awesome. I've got really one. I haven't got to yeah. wear it yet, but I, I won one from the pulp <laughs> show, from the Moto sixty show actually. But dark it's, side. It's dark uh, side. It's being painted. I, I had to go with the custom paint, so it's it's in paint right. We're now. all still lost in the nineties over here, Chris. Everybody wants a custom helmet. Oh, uh, hey, nineties. Hey, the nineties kicked ass. I love the nineties, man. Well, yeah. I'm a. I'm, but you know, it, the way the way. Is JT broken down how they do their testing there with the gear? Literally, they'll send an email out, and there's so many people that ride, and they'll just put a, put gear on a different guy. And honestly, that's why you'll see all, on all the features in the pants and stuff. There's not features that are just there for for looks. They're they're all functional, and that's the way Craig wants it. And believe me, if they put some stuff on there that doesn't work, that's probably not a good meeting with Craig afterwards. So, <laughs> right, right. You know. But, it, you know, they don't – when I worked for the other company, they did all the – like the designing in Corona, and they did a little testing, but it wasn't near – it wasn't near what Fly does. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, and then they've also paid a lot of money to get a lot of those designers to move from California to Boise, so – that's we got awesome. some. We got some really good designers there now. Yeah, the gear so. looks really good. I'll say we we. Uh, I heard y'all's facility out there is pretty awesome. The flight, you know, the the it has a track and and whatever. And with Tyler, we did a we had Tyler Intignap on the show, and he was actually in the parking lot yeah, right. <laughs> of Western Power Sports out there in his motorhome, and uh, he was telling us about it. it. Sounds like a neat place, dude. It's ridiculous. They got this full like lunchroom with like the honor system where you just throw your money in, grab your food, basketball court, gym. I mean, Craig really, like I said, work hard, play hard. And he takes really, really good care of all of us. And Terry and Doug and Kyle Gills. I don't know if you saw yeah. Kyle racing this weekend. You're working man's hero. So it's a great crew, man. It really is. I, I got to so. get up there and check that out. And then maybe I can get my foot in the door. And the next time there's a, 
photo shoot with the Internet Brothers and uh, Andrew Short. Maybe Darkside can be in the background. Yeah. Hey, Tyler was telling us about the facility, but all we really heard was, dude and bro, <laughs> and it's so sick. And I was yeah. like, it must be cool. <laughs> you right. know? So. Oh, dude. Okay, speaking of those two guys, how much of a bummer was like oh. Tyler, I was I was coming out of my seat. I was so happy he was going to make it out of yep. the semi, and he cases the rhythm. I know, and I, I didn't know exactly what was wrong, but man, Tib Fib, what a bummer! And yep. then for you know Adam, for Adam to get through all the way through the main event, riding awesome, right on Alex Ray, and then break both collarbones, puncture his lung. I guess he's still in the hospital. So yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think so. That was a bummer night. Those two, those two are our favorites, obviously, and um, they. Uh, I hate to see it end like that, but they go for it. So I guess that's what happens sometimes, yeah. you know. They're definitely good ambassadors to the brand. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. If when I think when I honestly when I think of fly racing, like they'll pop up as quick in my mind oh, as yeah. Trey Kennard does, short, and that, that's yep. good, you know. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny too. Like I walked by the, the Teddy Parks, the Teddy Parks experience. I don't know whether it's the, the professional te- journey or the yeah. Teddy Parks experience. Teddy TPJ Parks is the man. Oh yeah. I don't know if you notice every week in my article. Every time I'm there, I always put a Teddy Parks picture in the article, <laughs> and he's always. And it was funny in Arizona. I had a family friend there, and you know, introduced him and his wife to Teddy. And I don't know if you guys have met Teddy, but oh, introduced yeah. him to you. He, you know, he, any girl. He's just going in for the hug. Man. It's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well, yeah, I've got to be parts guys for when, before all that, before his son went pro and everything, watching his boy grow up. I've known him for a long time. That dude's been the same since, the, I'm talking about, what, 15 years ago when I met him. He's the same guy now. Yeah, and, I, dude, I'll tell you what. The sport needs more more people like him doing what he's doing. And I, I know that, you know, Dark Side, you've heard him talk on the Pulp Show quite a bit about, you know the road to Supercross. Oh yeah. Why don't why doesn't Felt kick down a little bit of money and get Teddy Parks or somebody similar to Teddy Parks like that program? And so these guys that go through the road to Supercross that don't get picked up by Geico or Pro Circuit, why don't they have a truck or two that will haul their bike for a year or two that they qualify and make it really worthwhile to go do the road to Supercross? I agree. That's too you know? simple. Hundred percent. Too simple. Well, they're gonna. I yeah. mean, you're gonna have to at some point to keep. Yeah to keep to help these guys I mean, it's right. just getting more expensive as it goes and that's just the nature of the beast i guess but the show's got to go on i mean you got to invest in your back end if you want to get out of it i would think I, I don't know i mean i drive for fedex i really don't know crap <laughs> but that's just my thoughts on it you know but hey i tell you what ted parks is uh he the kind of guy he is tj we had him on the show before and tj i guess had asked him if we could get another one of his riders on. And he had Tyler Intignap call TJ up to come on the show. Like, we didn't even have to ask yeah. to get him. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And how funny is it every single time that dude's out there with the American flag? He's just a badass. That's all there is Agreed. to it. Agreed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Chris, yeah. we won't keep you any longer, man. Thank you for your time. We really enjoyed talking with you, and we'd like to have you on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Hey, yeah. thanks, guys. Keep it up, man. I love the podcast. Next so. time we talk, I want to talk about some of this MMA refereeing you're doing. Yeah, we got a – there's a list of – Oh, your, dude. Your resume yeah. is like – like I don't know. It, on my text message when you sent it to me, it was like 100 lines long. There's so much cool stuff in here we got to get to at a, a, on the, just, the next yeah, – Yeah, that, that was scary. Indian Reservation, there's two security guards. They're both probably diabetic, and I got like a bunch of killers that are never happy with the referee. So, yeah, John Gallagher <laughs> had it easy – 
he had it easy compared to what I had over there. Right. I've, I've been to some yeah. of those fights on those reservations. I know what you're talking about. It's pretty insane. So, But, hey, buddy, we will continue that next time. Thanks again. You got it. Take Thanks, it Cooksey. Guys. Have a good one. Chris Cooksey, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What an awesome interview. Good times. Guys, we're going to go ahead and connect with Miss yeah. April Johnson. She is the co-owner, owner, co-owner. Her and her husband own Johnsonville MX Farm here in Texas, in East Texas, over uh, in the Lake Fork area. Uh, uh, amazing. Yeah. Yantis. Yantis, Texas. is probably one of the best tracks in, in existence right now. It's awesome. They do a good job of running it. And and uh, we want to talk to her a little bit. So can we connect her, JT? Coming up next, we have... The owner of Johnsonville MX Farm in Yanis, Texas. It's a, a wonderful facility, as you heard me say before. Miss April Johnson. April, what's up? Hey, how are you guys? We're good. How are you? I'm good. Are you still uh, relishing in the in the victory for the school board thing? I am. I am. I had my first meeting with the superintendent today, and then we go to some training next week, and That'll be interesting. That's awesome, by the way. We're all pumped for you. We were, I was keeping up with the, the progression of that on Facebook. And uh, you're a busy lady to do that, right. to, to own a motocross track, to, to, to raise children, new baby. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't either. I guess we're fixing to find out. <laughs> she has to stay busy to put up with coal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, oh, so are man. you gonna are you gonna implement a motocross team into the Yana School District? <laughs> I don't know. I might have to talk to him about that. I think somebody I don't know, somebody commented on Facebook on my post about that if I was gonna try to implement that at the school. A lot of the kids know we have it, yeah. so you never know. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, I tell you what, they'd have one hell of a practice track. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, that is we, they we, would. we all love love Johnsonville. It's uh, it's everywhere you go, you never hear a bad word about it. Everybody's like, if Johnsonville's open, that's that's the buzz. Text messages going off, this yep. and that, and you guys have got an awesome place out there. Tell us how that came to be. What 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 got you guys started? Made you open up to the public? Because if I if I understand correctly, y'all have had that track out there for a long time, but it wasn't open for that long. Yeah, we've had it out here for a long time. 2011, actually, um, we were hit up by a promoter um, wanting to add some tracks to a, a series. Um, actually, it was Russell Hobbs wanting to do the District 41. Right. And, um, you know, we really weren't wanting to open up to the public. Um, but it just kind of all came about, and we opened up, and that was our very first race in September of 2011. And it's just kind of blossomed from there right i think i came out in i think it was 07 when i came out and it was a private track with michael gage and that was the first time i met you guys i'm, I'm fairly sure we raced at badlands or somewhere up in that i think it was badlands the night before and then came down to your track yeah that, i think so yeah that's pretty cool it's, it, it what a journey huh yes <laughs> it's uh yeah it's been it's been pretty wild since 2011 we never thought you know i mean and we were just open to the you know it was private up until yep. actually that september 2011 you know race we had never done races before and you can ask shan garcia he found me <laughs> behind a tree literally in Crying. tears because i didn't know what i had just got myself into yeah. and oh wow he told me that story yeah recently when i told him we were trying to get you on yeah, yeah, I was crying behind a tree, like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And now, you know, it's just six years, what, almost six years later? Well, I, I remember when y'all first started mm -hmm. and seeing, I guess you'd say, the like the growth for, of you and, and Cole to now, 
where when you're there, you can tell who's in charge, that y'all are running the place, that there's no you question. Can tell, you if, can tell who's running it. That's April. That, that, well, <laughs> you know? well, I'm just saying, like, like it used to be y'all, y'all were, it was different. And, and you probably know that when you're dealing with 500 pissed off 50 parents or whatever you're dealing with, which I'm glad that's that's why I would never own a, a public track because of all of that. It was a thankless job. <laughs> and, and all the time y'all put into it and everything, but... Just like I said, the last time I was out there, I can't remember. I guess it was the Loretta's qualifier um, with Doc. And y'all, I mean, I was just, I marveled at how much, I, I hate using this word, but like matured as track owners have y'all got, you know, we got the place down. It's, it's just a well-oiled machine out there. It takes a lot. No one really understands, you know, what it takes to put on a race, especially one of, you know, a Loretta Lynn area qualifier, that caliber of a race, or even, you know, our first year doing the winter series race. Um, it, it really does take a lot to control that many people and, you know, make sure everything runs smooth. Make sure everybody's not pit riding and climbing on and onto the track during the middle of the night and things like that. I'm sure it's a, a, a stressful weekend on top of that. Yeah. Dealing with complaining uh, many parents or just and... dealing with complaining even on a people i don't think we would like to you to explain a little bit of this what even on just a regular practice day what kind of work goes in to getting ready for that just the track prep you know organ you know getting ready for the gate things like that would you, would you tell us a little bit about that yeah if it's just a regular practice weekend where say we've been open you know say once a month um or like right now we haven't been open since the last race we had in march you know, due to all the rain that we've had, you know, if cold would get out there and start to work on the track, well, then we would have a torrential downpour <laughs> and it would flood. Right. And so every time we think, okay, we can open this weekend, you know, because we really try to coincide with underground with, um, you know, I've talked with Zach Mashburn and we really try to alternate weekends because us being as close as we are, it's just, it's better if, you know, we do that. So us trying to coordinate that. So back to your question on a regular weekend and um, we're trying to we're going to try to open up in the next couple weekends probably after the qualifier at um, underground um like cole will start on maybe a thursday start you know he'll he'll mow all week though and then start rebuilding the track thursday friday you know saturday start putting down water and he gets up at 6 a.m on sunday you know to make sure everything's prepped water tilled Right. For us to open up by nine. Um, yeah, I've texted I mean, him a couple times in the last couple of weeks, you know, about, well, you know, I texted you too. Is the track going to be open? He's like, do you want me to send a picture of the track? <laughs> that pretty much tells me it's not even we're near ready to be open. <laughs> that means it's overgrown so and much, underwater. Yeah, there we had the water was flooded all the way down here across our road. Um, we actually had some a tree down in the water down here in the um down here by the bridge right it was flowing so fast it had knocked a tree down um, on the right-of-way and we lost power and um we just had a lot of rain it's just been crazy oh those are just all a bunch of excuses no (laughs) this this year let me tell you i wish we could be open i we hate more than anything to tell somebody no sorry we're not open i mean because you know we love we love what we do out here well, we love it too, and yes, yeah, I mean, do. you guys are just—I consider you guys like family, and you're just some of the best track owners around. I, I appreciate everything you do, and I know how hard the work is, and I know you can never make everybody happy. And unfortunately, people complain, and it's—it's um, it's an unfortunate part of owning a track. How often do you think about just shutting the doors and saying, "To hell with y'all"? <laughs> More been, than you want to know. I'm about to, say, I'm about to say, it depends on who you ask. Are we asking Cole right after a race weekend? Or are <laughs> <Yeah>. we... <laughs> well, I'll tell yeah, you what. Just, 
Go ahead, April. Sorry. Oh, no. Just just the amount of work that goes into it. Only, I would say, 15%. And that's probably a high number. Even know what it takes. You know what I mean? To yeah. The work that it takes to go in, to even be open on practice weekend. I mean, because Cole's not going to open the gates unless it is mowed from front to back and everything's <laughs> weed-eated and looks like, you know, like a golf course or, yeah. a, you know, a park because that's the kind of, you know, image that, that we want. And sure. So he's not going to open up and just prep the track and let the grass be up to your knees just because, you know, that's all we could do. I mean, he's going to have, the, you know, it, it just takes a lot of work for, you know, and he does it all himself with me having the baby now. I can't get out there on the lawnmower. Um, so he does everything himself from the mowing to the weed eating to the tractor work to the right. dozer to the water truck. Yeah. Well, he built, he builds a hell of a racetrack as well. And uh, for a guy to be that busy and to still cut, sculpt that artwork basically that it is because that is a beautiful track guys that we don't know if any of our listeners if you have not ever been to johnsonville and you live in texas you're you're doing yourself a disservice you've got to check this place not only is the track amazing but like she said it's always groomed to perfection as far as the pits everything it's got that beautiful pond i couldn't have designed i mean i park by that pond every time i go yeah more picturesque looking april's pretty hot herself too so (laughs) (laughs) jamie that's why that's why i kept coming back in the early days i see that's why i keep Jamie away from my wife. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's a smoozer for sure. Well, I tell you, what, if you ever... watch him sometimes, but I can keep him in line most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, a, a race day might not be the best day to, to to try and corner April and talk to her. She's a busy lady. I remember walking in the tower one time and she didn't even look up. She was so busy. <laughs> I want to say hi. She was. You just can't. I mean, right. I don't know how you guys handle that, especially like a qualifier. Jeez, that has got to be insane. We, we've got some you got to have awesome employees. Um, you know, the girls that I have working in there, um, they keep everything going. Like Jen Mann and Terry Bench, those two ladies right there are my right-hand girls, and they know exactly what I'm thinking. They can just look at me and know what I want. And that's that's pretty big. Yeah. You, tra- you trained them well. Well, those they, they've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> yep. Uh, ex- yep. Yeah. Except, especially um, with Terry. She's been doing that for a while and almost – Almost running Russell's show for so long for for <laughs> for a while, but um, yeah, yeah it is awesome. Then, Go ahead. No, I was like, and my friend Lauren too. You know, whenever she can come, you know, she she pretty much knows. You know, she she lives so far away though. But those three, they're oh man, they're a huge help. Yeah. Oh, uh, April! What we want to we uh tell us a little bit about y'all's uh, your, your involvement with the the Moto Master Series. Now we understand there's some having changes having taken place there, and we, we were curious to, to know what's going on. Yeah, well, um, I guess several months ago, um, you know, we had talked about that, and with Tony, you know, being a little on the ill side, and he's going to have a lot of procedures done um, in October, you know, and so we've actually canceled the October round. So Johnsonville will be the final round right. for Moto Masters this yep. year. Um, and um, we were just asked if, you know, we would like to, you know, take that over. And we talked about it, you know, over several months and we agreed. Um, I think it's a good deal. Um, we yeah. really like the, you know, the vet thing. Cole and I had actually talked about doing something like that a long time ago, but it's a great series. It didn't, we just didn't do it in time, and then this came along, and we were like, perfect. Yeah, uh, so do you, you may not want to answer this or be able to answer it right now, but you, you took it over after it had started this year. Do you see any changes already that you know for sure that you want to make for next year for the Moto Masters? Um, 
<laughs> I'm not real sure, hundred percent. Okay. Well, you don't have to answer. I was just curious. You know, I mean, like I ha- I have some things that I'd like to talk to you about, but I won't do it on air. Yeah, he he's he's gonna tell you how to do it. Is what he says. No. Like, what that, he's that, gonna <laughs> do is he's gonna he wants y'all to announce that his he will be there <laughs> signing autographs. Yeah, he he wants an autograph line. He wants to sell <laughs> tickets for that. Actually, Cole walked outside. I'm sitting outside because my service is really bad in my house. And yeah. He walked outside and was showing me was asking me something. So I was looking at him as oh. as I was talking to you and like, what is he trying to show me? Um, Tell him to go take care of that baby. <laughs> yeah. Or go mow uh, the track. Yeah. <laughs> She's asleep. Um, you know, the Moto Masters, there will probably be some changes next year. I'm not really sure of everything. Um, okay. There, I've, I've had a lot of messages from different people wanting to get in. And, you know, it's, I don't know if everybody wants to stay in since, you know, we've taken over and, you know, who wants to get out or. You talk about you know, sponsor, sponsor wise? Um, tracks. No, track oh, wise. Oh, track wise. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a dumb question. So, you know, I've had a, tr- you know, two tracks actually hit me up, you know, hey, if y'all are looking to add somebody, you know, let me know. And, right. Um, you know, and I know that in 2018, um, as long as um, everything's going good with Tony, that they do want. Um, you know, to add them back in in 2018. So we are planning on that. Yeah, deal. And have then you, with well, the weather, we're trying to figure out ramp, the next round, round three at Underground. Yeah, I was about um, to Jack's ask that. Trying to, yeah, he's trying to get a date. You know, we were going to do it this weekend, but yep. with that mo- that Junior Moto X going on in Oklahoma and Mother's Day and several other things, he his staff was already booked for other things this weekend. I um, got you. And so he's having a little bit of a difficult time, and then he's got the qualifier coming up. So it's going to be after the qualifier. I, I'm going to say mid June is what is what we're planning for. We just okay. don't have a definite date. Well, it's really cool to see like how closely tracks working together. I mean, it's always been a deal. You know, having tracks work together is is not something that's normal for right. East Texas, especially a Northeast Texas area. We have so many tracks, and it doesn't seem like a lot of the owners want to work together. And hearing that you working with Zach. I know um, I've got to know Zach here recently because Doc has moved out there, and he's actually, um, I guess, the the a maintenance crew out there as he's training. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he's training full time out there. They got him then, on the end of a weed eater full time. At the end of the day, and everybody else goes works out, he goes grabs a weed eater or or grabs a mower or something to do all that. But well, good um, for him, that's good. <laughs> but what's it called? It's really cool to hear y'all working together i mean it's just openly hey we're going to be open this weekend y'all open this next weekend i I think that i think that's a maybe a trend that could really help the moto community our industry will thrive if that happens instead of people well well, village is racing this weekend so i'm going to hold a race because i want to try to get some of that you know i mean yeah if we all work together there are a lot of tracks but it can be done Right, it's probably tough on you guys too to try and schedule stuff and so and everybody tracks. not overlap each other. Yeah. You know, there's a, the, the the Lone Star series, and I'm missing some series here too, but <laughs> that run all year, just like the Moto Masters series does. And me personally, I, I prefer the vet races just because I'm 38 years old, and that's I like that scene a little better. But uh, I'm sure it's tough on you guys for that. Yeah, it really is. You know, in in racing, I don't think it would matter if every track, if you you know, was Village, Oak Hill, River Valley, Swan, if they were all racing. You know, Badlands. If if we were to open for practice and they were all racing, there's going to be that, you know, fifty to a hundred people who are not racers who yeah. just want to practice. Absolutely. But right. If you have 
every track in the area from us to Swan to Underground, you know, everybody open for practice, then it definitely does split the riders, you know. And with Swan only having a membership, you know, I don't I don't really base my opening, you know, practice right. weekends, you know, on that. Right. You know, but if they're if they're racing, they're racing and people who are gonna race are gonna race and those that wanna practice are gonna practice. So that's right. why Zach and I at Underground, you know, he texts me back um after they took over and we planned out march april may of the dates that we were going to open you know and i told him my dates you know and unfortunately it rained yeah and we had already agreed to we were going to open these two he was going to open those two and then in may here we are yeah and, you know he, he's going to be open and so you know cole and i you know so i already told zach you know this is what we were going to do and you know we missed our chance and i'm and i'm not going to go against my word at what i already told him so that's, um, awesome, that's why though. we haven't been open that's why we haven't been open because our, you know, because of the rain and and everything. So well, we 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 told, we understand and we're eagerly awaiting well, the, the word on when it is going to be. And open. And that's a good way to start with Zach and them just now kind of taking over over there at Underground, the new owners and everything. So just starting off on the right foot, that's going to be awesome for our sport as a whole. Right, I agree. Well, we really appreciate uh, you guys and the job you do and and to keep uh, you know. It keeps our hobby alive. It keeps our passion alive, so to speak. And uh, y'all put in all the hard work, and we just get to reap the benefits. So we wanted to give you a little love and let people, you know, hear your side. And and so they understand that when they go to a track and they don't like something, that maybe they back, maybe they back off you guys a little bit because of the hard work you've put into it. Maybe they're just understanding. Or and there's always going to be the ones that do complain. But you know, we wanted to get you guys out there and and, and talk about Moto Masters and and whatever else, and try to spread the word. Yeah, I'm really, we're really excited about Moto Masters. Um, and then we have a race coming up. It's going to be the weekend after the Pro Challenge at Swan. Um, we're getting all the details lined up right now, so just everybody kind of keep an eye out for that. I'll be posting it on Facebook and Instagram and on our website. And um, we're, I don't want to give too much information because I've not got all the details yet, but um, we're, I'm pretty sure that it's going to it's going to be a really good deal if everything lines up the way we would like. Well, when you're ready yep. and you have the details, we'd like you to come on again and we'll talk about it some more. Okay. Thanks, April. Uh, April, thank you. Thank y'all. All right, you guys have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. April Johnson, Johnsonville MX. Guys, That uh, again, give these track owners some love. They put a tireless amount of work into, into getting this ready for us and we just get to go ride it. So give them some love. Tell them thank you. You know, don't don't be afraid to drive you, somewhere. You know how to tell them thank you. Hey guys, everybody who's listening, when you're at the track, clean up after yourself. Yeah, yeah pick your trash yeah, up. Pick your, I mean, seriously, those guys, I mean, I mean, I see kids all the time. They get back to the pits, they'll pull a tear off off and throw it on the ground in the pits. Right. Pick I mean, your tear up off They've already the got to pick that crap up on the track. You know what I mean? They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I mean, all these little things. And, and also something I say when I'm announcing is, I tell you, the most, the, the worst job at the track sitting back all day long, baking in the sun, holding a flag to try to watch out for these riders. And as soon as you blink your eye, turn away, someone crashes, and then their parents are hollering at you, it is the most thankless, worst job at the track. So when you, If they're making 50 bucks to do that, they're lucky. So give them a break. Yeah, give them a, just tell them, hey, guys, thank you. At the end of the day, when those guys use... Bring see, them something to drink. Yeah, yeah. Basically, just say thank you to those flaggers. I see it yeah. all the time. Those guys get just... Anyways, yeah, uh, I'll get on a, a soapbox. We've got to have those flaggers, and not just anybody wants to volunteer for that job, no matter even what it's paying or not. It's just, Most people don't want to do that. They want to go ride, or they want to go watch, or do something else. So 
be kind to these people. They're they're keeping our sport alive on the level we're at over here. On the That's local right. Level, and uh, we need to keep these tracks open. So again, big shout out Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas. Oh, hey, go, I go just ahead, want, I want to give one shout out real quick because she um, she's kind of in the industry writing some blogs and she's been always oh, yeah she's always retweeting about our show. Um, for those of you on Twitter, check out at Kayla Whitaker Four DJ she's, Girl. She's known as DJ Girl. She's got some really cool blogs on her her opinions of racing. You know, it's cool from a female standpoint. Um, so They're very good too. Yeah, she check it out. It's um, Moto Girls Thoughts dot WordPress dot com or just check her out on uh twitter at dj girl and there's links for it um but she's really cool man she she's um she may be coming on the show here soon yeah to talk she's about, a big friend of the show about something she's working on i don't want to give it away because it's kind of hush hush right now but um she's just really cool she shares our stuff so i want to give her a little shout out Kayla, thank you. Yep. You guys check her blog out. Again, big shout out Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets. Great show tonight, guys. Dark Side TJ, thank you guys, man. I, hey, I'm Muscle Mark. This is the Moto X Pod Show. We appreciate it. See you next time.